Hey, it is The Beijing Sessions Volume 2. My name is Haik Balian, and I am the host of The Beijing Sessions, and it's been too long. I did not expect to be away this long, but things got a little bit busy with the China Sports Insider podcast, and I got a little lazy. And, you know, I've also been working on a couple of other projects. I've been writing, and it just got away from me. Um, I'm going to try to keep a weekly schedule. Let's see what happens, but I'm going to try. And I do have a couple of guests in mind, some old friends, some new friends. But, you know, let's keep things relaxed. This week, I talked to musician Zhang Sun. He's brilliant, and he's doing a music residency down in Lijiang. We talk about that. We talk about the music that is going to come out of that. And we also get into what's going on with his life. We're going to talk about the pandemic, too. Now, if you're not in China, you probably already live in a post-pandemic world, whatever whatever that looks like. In China, we are definitely not in a post-pandemic world. You know, this morning, all schools in my district, Chaoyang District, went into what they're calling, or the schools are calling, remote learning. But, uh, you know, more importantly for us in Beijing, it it looks like, and I'm got my fingers crossed here, it looks like some lessons have been learned from the debacle in Shanghai. I might be too optimistic here. Um, if you were with me here last weekend, you'd see that I was not optimistic then. I was pretty on edge, um, like a lot of other people were. For a taste of what life in Shanghai has been like, uh, check out the most recent China Sports Insider podcast. Uh, we talked to Cameron Wilson, who uh, he, you know, he's been in lockdown for 40 days. And, you know, when I say lockdown, I don't, I don't know. I I, I was in lockdown in uh, Northern California, in Santa Rosa, back in March 2020. And yeah, I mean, we stayed inside, but, you know, that's a really nice place to be locked down. <laughs> you know, we stayed in the house, but we also went on hikes in redwood forests. We went to wide open parks. Um you know, we, we played tennis. Uh, here, lockdown means something else entirely. You know, we, we have friends here in Beijing whose entire complex, that's like seven or eight huge buildings, huge condo, con, condominiums, uh, that was locked down because one person in one of those buildings was a close contact of somebody who had, uh, who tested positive for COVID. And that, I'm talking about chained doors, right? So that that's that's locked down um, here. I try, you know, when I'm talking to when I talk to Jung Sun, I tried to keep that out of my mind, but it's it's kind of hard, and and it sort of seeped into the conversation as well. You know, and like I said, I think he's brilliant. Uh, I was excited to hear what he's up to, and now it was a good it was a good conversation. So uh, here is my interview with Jung Sun. It's exciting to talk to you. Like last time, last time we spoke was, I think it was like in March 2021. Uh, so a long over time a year ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. So it's a good time to uh, to catch up. So first of all, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm good. It's been uh, it's been complicated for for all of us. I think with the virus, um, it's I mean it's different now that I'm I'm, I'm living in the south in in Yunnan. There is a uh, there hasn't been much virus alerts and and, um, and stuff like that, so it's been it's been okay. I mean, it's been easier than than in Beijing or Shanghai in, or on that side of things. Even though, like musically, musically it's probably not as exciting as as Beijing, but uh, but for the rest, it's a bit better. 
I do want to ask you about that. Um, we can get into that a bit later. But but I wanted to talk to you about this residency that you're doing right now. What is what is the Dayan Nasi Guiwe Orchestra? And I, I know I've completely mangled that pronunciation, so you can you can you can uh, correct me. Okay, Dayan Nasi Guiwe is an orchestra that is located uh, inside the old city of Lityang. And the orchestra was recreated in the 80s by a man called Xuan Ke, who kind of like brought back the idea of uh, classical music from the area. But it's very specific classical music because it's a mix between northern Chinese uh, classical music and Yunnan kind of like ethnic music. It, it, this kind of music has, has existed maybe for like 400 years or something. And there was a break like in the, in the 60s and it started again in the 80s uh, when Suancre decided to to restart this with uh, some of his friends and uh, they restarted the idea of this music and started to play it again to an audience and it got very very famous in the 90s so that even like people like presidents and actors and, and famous people from everywhere in the world came to see the orchestra in the 90s and the 2000s and uh, well now of course with the with the problem of the coronavirus it's not as many as many people as it used to be but it's still really cool and it's still doing it and their policy is like even if there's only one person in the audience they will still play so it's really cool what does the music sound like what instruments are used so what's interesting is that they have some of the um, the same some of the same instruments that you would find in, in other orchestras in china in china like the uh, the kujang the kuqin the pipa the Zhongran, actually it's not a Zhongran, it's a Taiwan. And, but you have like all kinds of strange stuff because actually the pipa they use is not the same pipa as we, as, as they use today in most, in most of China. It's, it's like the pipa they used to have 400 years ago. So there's uh, one of the guys from the orchestra makes the pipa the way it was done 400 years ago. So that's one thing. Then there's, there's a Taiwan, which is like a big, uh, version of the instrument I play. There's all kinds of percussions. Some of these percussions are also, also specific to the area. Uh, you have singing, and they use the techniques of the people from here to sing. Or oh, there's all kinds of flutes as well. There's like one flute also that's specific, specifically from here. There's about like 17, 17 people in the orchestra when they all play together. But actually, it can, it, can, it can vary. It can be more. It can be like up to like 25 people or more, you know. Because it's, it's actually like, oh, they also have this instrument called the sugudu. It has roots in Mongolian music and it kind of like disappeared from everywhere else. So it's like the only place where you can find this instrument. So there's a lot of like very interesting stuff about this uh, orchestra and uh, I got very lucky I'm here. So how did you get involved in, with the orchestra? So what happened is like the, the French consulate in, in uh, Chengdu, the uh, cultural part of the French consulate in Chengdu call, called me someday and asked me like, are you interested in doing some music residency with the, with the Nasi Orchestra? So it kind of like came out of nowhere. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I live in Kunming, so they were like, okay, you're not very far from Lityang. And so like, they can't really bring anybody from France these days. And uh, it's hard to travel inside the country. And I'm, I'm one of the only French musicians in, in, in Yunnan right now. So they, they, they told me like, <laughs> okay. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. So, uh, so here I am. Um, I'm in Lityang and I'm doing this thing. And I'm, I'm, I feel very lucky. What does a music residency like entail? What do you do every day? So what do I do, I do every day? I wake up in the morning. I, I go to the Nasi Kuyue, Dayan Nasi Kuyue Orchestra. They have, they have a theater here. So I, they, they, uh, they gave me an office. So I'm in, I'm in the office every day. I, I, I meet with them. I interview them. I film them. 
I talk with them about uh, where they come from, why they make the music they do, uh, what they can tell me about about what they know about the region, about the music, etc. Like all this kind of stuff, and then I then I jam with them. I jam with them on on anything. Uh, I'm trying to learn their music as well. I'm I'm learning their music, so we jam on the tunes that they have, or I, we just jam on whatever, and I record everything. Wow. So my idea is to be able to uh, to get something done. Like I, in my mind, I I kind of like I have three or four albums. Like in my own mind, you know. I mean, in in my mind, like it's already like I have. Uh, I've already like planned it, you know. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to do everything, but it's like I have I have an image of what it is already in, in reality. So it's it's motivates me a lot to make it happen. Well, how how long will you be there for? I'll be there for uh, for th- about three more weeks. I've been here since like a bit more than a week. How do the Nasi musicians relate with you? Are they used to working with foreign musicians? Uh, they're not used to work with foreign musicians, so it's not super easy. Also because their their Chinese is not super good. I mean their their Putonghua, their Mandarin is not super good because yeah. they talk. Uh, they are they are all Nasi, so Nasi is a is a, is a is a minority that lives around here, around Lijiang. I think it's about like three hundred thousand people. So it's not a lot of them. They speak a different language, and the language that they speak, I, I think you can hear the, the music outside. I think yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a there's a truck uh, because they um, the garbage trucks here yeah, they have they have music. Wow! <laughs> so Amazing. they have this music when they pass by, so uh, you can hear them by the window every day. So yeah, I mean they speak a different language. They also have a different culture. Do you want me to let to, to let the? No, no, <laughs> the it's fine. It's 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 nice color. <laughs> I, I don't I don't mind it at all. It's great. Yeah, I mean the the Nasi minority is interesting because they have uh, their their own writing system and their own uh, religion which is called Tongpa Tongpa Jiao and uh, it's actually the Tongpa Tom, the Jiao the, the priests in that religion are the only ones that can actually write and read these characters and they've created these characters on purpose to, to do the, all the rites and all the ceremonies for, for, the, for that so it's kind of like they, because we in the region it's, like, it's close to Tibet as well so it's like you have um a mix of religions between uh, Tongpa and then Taoism and then uh, Buddhism, uh, especially Tibetan Buddhism. So it's, it's kind of a mix of everything. And and uh, the Nasi music itself is like originally it's it's also based on, on Taoism. It's mixed with with a lot lots of things. Wow. And there's different there's different parts of it. There's like Nasi, but you you, you have Nasi Kuyue and you have Pasha Siyue. Nasi Kuyue is more like for uh, enjoyment and entertainment and then you have Pasha Siwe which is more for like when people uh, are dead they, they have a ceremony and, and, and people the, and the orchestra goes there some of the people in the orchestra go there to play music for the burial like you said you know th- th- that language has been a barrier so how do you like h- how does the communication happen in that case I mean it's not it, it's a barrier and it's not it's like um, some of uh, the musicians they have a, a a level of Mandarin which is not super great, but my level of Mandarin is not too bad, so I can I can sort of like guess sometimes what they are saying, and also uh, having been in Kunming for a while now, I mean for a year, a bit more than a year, I'm starting to get used to the accent of the people here. So you know they don't say they, they don't say who they say fu, so the H is F, basically, uh, this kind of stuff. It's the, so so it's like here it's a bit the same, even though like the Nasi language is super different from uh, from Mandarin. Like, for example, they put the verb at the end of the sentence. 
So it's a bit more like Japanese. Or and German. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, strangely, it sounds a bit like Japanese. So like some people here, they say like maybe uh, Japanese comes from here. It's, it's kind of a strange idea. What, what, what's been the most surprising thing so far about the residency? When I was listening to the music before I came, I didn't, I, I didn't imagine how complicated it was. And when I started to, to, to learn the songs, uh, it really started to be difficult because it's really difficult to find like a rhythm pattern. Because as Westerners, we are used to the, the one, two, three, four pattern or one, two, three, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, or like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, or this kind of stuff, you know? And, 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 and their music is like, it kind of like changes all the time. So it's really hard to understand how the system works. And I think like maybe two, like two days ago, I, st- I started to figure out how, that there is a system, but it's complicated to understand. And also like they, uh, they don't use, uh, uh, Western notation. They use numbers. I mean, they do, but actually the numbers are, uh, kind of a Western notation, but we don't use it in the West anymore. And they also use like a very old notation. That is on, kind of like on the scrolls and stuff. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to discover as well because I, I still have to, to learn how, to, how it works as well. So like the, the, this kind of stuff, you know, it's like it's super different. Like the, the concept, conceptually, like musically, it's very different from what we expect in the West usually. And um, I'm, I'm like little by little by watching them play every day, I'm learning how every instrument has a place in the orchestra and how it's used. And uh, that's, that's, that's a surprise for me because listening to only the music, I thought everything was playing together all the time, but it's not like that. Another surprising thing is to learn about their lives, how they grew up with music or without music, how they got to, to that, uh, how some of them are, have families that have, that have been doing that music for generations, how some uh, not at all, you know, like, it's like the difference in between the different players is, is pretty amazing. A lot of, a lot of them are very old. Uh, so they started as kids before the fifties or, or before the sixties, something like that, you know, so they have also like a lot of experience of, uh, of playing that music. And, and, uh, so for some of them, that's the only thing that they, that they know, they don't know anything else. That's the only thing they like. And that's, that's the only thing they used to. So that's pretty interesting as well. Like, you know, they, they never were interested by anything else than this. When you, I know it's a bit, it's theoretical right now because you, you haven't started producing the albums yet, but when you do produce the album, just, just the, the mechanics of it, like getting the musicians into the, into a room and, and recording it, is that going to be, like, is that going to be different from, from how you've produced previous albums? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't do that. Like I would do like a, a, a normal, like album or rock music or, or even classical music or something. So I have, I have to like find a way to, um, to really understand how, how, how their music works before I can really make something uh, happen in, a, in an interesting way. But that's what I've been doing. That's why I meet them individually every day. And I talk with them about their lives and I talk to them about the music and everything. And I, 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 it's kind of like testing them as well to see what their level is. And I ask them questions about what they play and what, what, how they see it and stuff like that. So I can conceptualize what it is for each of them so I can make something interesting out of it. That's, that's one aspect. One other aspect of, one other thing I've been doing is to transcribe the music into, uh, uh, Western notation. Like into normal no- notation. I mean, for, like Western, normal Western notation. And, uh, I've been, uh, giving these notations to, uh, to classical musicians, uh, who live in Kunming. And they've been, uh, help me, helping me to, to record that stuff. I went to the house to record that, like last month. Uh, to like do something like a, a, re- a reverse kind of thing, like from, from like ancient Chinese classical music to like, 
to like Western classical music. Yeah, that's exciting. That's, that sounds that sounds amazing. It's sort of like really translating this this music that seems to have been sort of locked into this one location. I mean, yeah, I know you said that it had its sort of popularity in the '90s, but I mean, it did, and it, and it did not as well. You know, it was it was kind of like a staple of the region. It was never, of course, like something you would you could hear on the radio or anything. But it was interesting in the sense that uh, because at the time I think it was also the the moment when 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 foreign tourists were allowed in China again. You know, like. Uh, mid 80s more or less you know so that's that's why like people discovered that stuff at the time and Lichang at the time was different it was not that it was not as as touristic as it is now now it's a bit different it's it's a bit like it's a bit over touristic i would say like the old town itself listen i mean i was there as a tourist in 2003 as a backpacker yeah. and i remember being, yeah. being in Lichang then and even then it was you know, quite built up, you know, and, and you could you could tell it was going to get bigger and bigger. And I think, you know, we st- I, st- I stayed at a Nazi run guest house. house. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's not so uh, it's not so obvious when you're there, actually, because, yeah, it, it's become uh, very touristic. So there's a lot of shops and uh, a lot of people who are not from here who have open shops. So to to find uh, authenticity, actually, it's, it's not only Lityang Old Town, you also have Paisha and you also have Shuhe. And in, in these places, you have less tourism and you have more locals who actually live there, but also like from the orchestra itself, uh, I I meet uh, some of people from their families and stuff like that. So that's also very interesting because I get to see more of the background because I go to their house sometimes to record them. I don't only record them in the theater, which helps me to uh, to understand more of the of the frame of where they come from. Uh, th- the last time we spoke uh, was about a year year ago, just over a year yes. ago. Uh, what's what's changed in your life since then? Well, I had a baby about a year and a half ago. So that's uh, that's the big change for me. That's a, one of the reasons why we moved from Beijing to Kunming because uh, of the conditions in Beijing um, since the virus haven't haven't been very easy. So when you have a kid, it's it's a bit better to be uh, away from big cities. I think these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you know you know what I mean. It's not easy. You know, like since since we spoke, like I think a lot of foreigners have left China. Um, a yes, lot of foreigners true. have left China, and um, you know, a big part of that, especially now through the grapevine, through people I've talked to, especially with people with kids, they're they're not very excited about you know a lockdown. <laughs> um, no, so no, there's a, there's a lot of people who are who are leaving, and people are a bit scared of what's going on with me when they see Shanghai. You know, so that's true that. Uh, I mean, I have friends in Shanghai who haven't left their apartment for for more than three weeks now. They they're starting to to be a bit tired of it, and uh, a lot of people say they want to leave after it, it's over. You know, yeah. Like in Beijing, I know it's the same as well. You know, there's a lot of people who are thinking about it. But you know, I mean, it's been it's been like it's been like that since the beginning. And actually, when I think about it, it's, it's not as many people that have left. Uh, you know, when talking to foreigners, you hear a lot of people say they are leaving, but actually, not that not that many of them leave. I mean, it's, it's a lot, but still not as, as many as you would think. But uh, still, I mean, uh, I think what's uh, happening in Shanghai right now will uh, convince a lot of people to leave, unfortunately. Well, well, you produced the Beijing Underground compilation, which is, you know, we talked about that last time you were on. And, and, and that's that's a compilation with, you know, bands that are most, you know, many expat bands. Are you seeing less music or is it the same amount of music? I mean, for sure, since the beginning of the pandemic, um, there's less foreign musicians in China that there used to be, especially in the smaller cities. I would say, uh, place like a place like Kunming used to used to have a bigger scene, or like even Tali or Lityang. in Yunnan. They had they had much more uh, many more musicians who were actually artists or musicians who have left. 
in Beijing because it's a big city and you have way more people, you you feel it less because the there is still a lot of really highly qualified uh, artists and musicians in Beijing. But in smaller cities, you you can you can see it you can see it more clearly that that there's less people doing music here. Well, I mean it's like it's kind of same in Shanghai and also like. There used to be a lot of people coming to tour and stuff like that, or like bands coming to tour, or artists coming to do all kinds of uh, residencies or exhibitions and stuff, and these people don't come anymore. So it, it did have, a, of course, an, an effect on all the arts and here, art and music for sure. Yeah, and I think just just here in uh, Beijing as well. I mean, there was Nugget Records. There was this big article in the Beijinger last week, or I say big article. There was an article. There was an article in the Beijinger last week about you know they were going to have uh, some kind of a benefit um, concert, which. Unfortunately, they have had to postpone until June. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, but the that. problem they have is a common problem of bars that are in uh, that are in Hutongs. You know, it's not specifically uh, linked to the um, to the pandemic. A lot, um, most of the, most of the bars in Beijing that uh, have opened in, in the in the Hutongs, which are the, the, the small streets in the center, uh, all have problems because the neighbors are not happy about the noise. And I think it's been like that forever, you know. So uh, Nuggets is, is in a place where you have. Uh, a lot of people living around the area and uh, a lot of people complain um, about the noise even though there might not be that much noise but uh, uh, they're not the only ones in the street there's another bar next door i mean it's all kinds of of, of stories you know but it's not it's, it's not the only bar i mean you had soy pa Chao had the same problem chang hu had the, had the same problem but actually they they resisted they're still there uh ddc had the same problem all the all the all the bars that are in hutongs are, have problems um, yeah. So you know you can't, you can't really it's not really linked to the pandemic. I think it's more of a hutong problem, like a neighborhood problem. You know, actually, I was just at Jianghu a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was great. It was just such a great, great little venue. I, I really enjoy being there. Jianghu, uh, yes, it's a super, super place. And uh, in, you know, in Beijing, like it's kind of a it's kind of a cycle. You know, it's like DDC is reopening now uh, in another place, and uh, also Dada is reopening. Yeah, as, as reopened. Um, it's like in Beijing, you you have an audience. You have a big audience of people who want to go out and go see concerts, or go to parties, and go to clubs and stuff like that. So even if they close in certain areas, they're gonna open in, in other areas, or they're going to move uh, maybe in another district or a city or something. But but the, but the music and and the art is still there. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the thing about Beijing. And suppose you forget. I mean, I, I live I live right by San Lutun and and yeah. It, you know, sometimes you're like I, I, I realize, wow, I'm just in this bubble, and I haven't left this bubble in so long. And then you get on your bicycle or get on the subway, and you're on it for a little while, and then you're yeah. like, wow, there are there are, this place that is so far from my house is packed with people. And it's like, wow, this city is yeah. huge, and people who just want to go out and and do stuff and have fun and and, and listen to yeah. music. No, no, it changes, it changes all the time, and the and the people who want to do stuff out there. It's, it's a very dynamic city, actually. You know, say for it, it is it is the center of culture and uh, and and music and art for the whole of China. Because you go to other cities, you go to Shanghai or Kunming or whatever, Wuhan, Chengdu. It's okay, you know, but it's like uh, it's not like Beijing. Like Beijing for me is really the most interesting when it comes to that. I mean, Ch- Chengdu has has become kind of like a new place for a lot of people who moved out of Beijing or Shanghai. But for me, it's still not still not the same. There's, there's like a kind of like a feeling of struggle in Beijing that makes art and music interesting. What, when was the last time you performed? Last time I performed at all? Yeah. Uh, the last gig I did, I think I played, uh, I played at Dada in Kunming actually. I think that's where I played last time. 
about about a year and a half ago or something. How 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 open is Chengdu right now? It's like it's like on and off in Chengdu. It's uh, it can get bad, it can get it can be okay. Like I, I did I did this festival uh, last December I think in a place not very far from Chengdu that was in Sichuan, and we had to do tests every day before we played, and uh, it was not super great. <laughs> the event was cool. It was like the um, some kind of like a theater, uh, all kinds of plays and stuff like a festival like that. And it was like a nice, very interesting place. And we played every day for like, uh, for like a week. And it was, it was kind of cool, but it, like, the problem was, uh, every day you didn't know if you were going to play or not. And it was always like a lot of stress. You know? Yeah, I know. I mean, listen, like right now in Beijing, it's incredible. Like we're just sort of at this strange phase where, you know, I don't, we don't know if it's going to get as bad as Shanghai. And if it does get as bad as Shanghai, is, does that mean? We're going to be locked in for forty days or whatever it's going to be. I know, but it, you know, it's it's like we have this fear, like I think everywhere, because we don't know. Um, it's not. It seems in Beijing there's a possibility of it becoming like Shanghai. Um, but if you live somewhere else, if you live in Shenzhen or Guangzhou or even Kunming, Chengdu, you could have the same feeling. It's like nothing is for sure right now. I think that's that's kind of it's kind of like the reason why a lot of people are start, uh, trying to leave because of the uncertainty of some of things here. It's not easy to live, live with every day, I would say. Now, I, I want to leave on a positive note. Um, what, what are you looking forward to? Well, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, um, really like putting a frame on what I'm doing right now to be able to, to make the best music out of it. Because I think it's a great opportunity for me to do something positive with that stuff. I'm super happy I can do that, you know. So I hope it's going to be, I can give my best creative side to make something really good. Well, that was Jung Sun. My name is Haig Balian. Thank you so much for listening to The Beijing Sessions. I'll be back very soon. 